Welcome to another edition of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling and Chip Scoggins of the Star Tribune after the Vikings lose 28-24 to uh, to the L.A. Chargers. Similar uh, ending, 0-3, the Vikings fall to fumbling uh, once, throwing an interception late, uh, two turnovers for the offense. They had a little bit of run game, at least this time, but Ben, they find, again, a similar result here, uh, staring from the bottom of the division at 0-3. Yeah, staring at the bottom of the division, two games down to a pair of teams that play each other on Thursday night, so they figure to be two and a half games down by the next time they play, assuming that game between the Packers and Lions does not end in a tie. This is kind of the way this stuff goes. It, it, they win 11 games by one score last year in 2021 it was the lament of we are a better team than this we're losing all the one score games they're kind of back on that side of things again and Harrison Smith I thought summed it up pretty directly after the game it's just good teams make these plays good teams don't have balls bounce off of their hands for a touchdown on one end of the field with eight and a half minutes left and an interception at the end of the game after a particularly chaotic sequence of trying to decide whether to spike the ball or not. And, uh, yeah, it's an, another one-score loss for a team that lived on one-score wins last year, and um, they got to fix that pretty quickly. Yeah, Chip, this was two weeks ago we were here when a ball was bouncing or getting ripped out of K.J. Osborne's hands for an interception. I mean, how many of these flaws are fixable, and how much of it's just a, a mediocre to bad team? Well, I think uh, – their margin of error is so small, right? I mean, that's why they're in these um, these situations, and and where, and that's why we said that formula last year is not a formula. It's not a blueprint. Those things, it doesn't happen like that. I mean, it was historic what they had. You you can't get. It's going to even out. Yeah, I mean, they just do because the, the league is so close, and so a lot of it is self inflicted. I mean, um, Brandon Staley gift wrapped him. A chance to get this this win. I mean, see, I didn't have a problem with that call. We can get into more. I, it, I, whether you, you know, if you don't, if you thought it was too aggressive, not aggressive, not the right play call for that situation, but they refused to take it. And it would, you know, you mentioned the the end of thing, and, and um, I think that's why a lot of people are going to focus on. It was utter chaos after that fourth down catch by Hawkinson, where Ben was at forty one seconds. Or 35 30, after when the balls get set again? 35 when it gets set. And then they snap then it with they 12? snap it with 12, yes. Um, it's almost comical that they said the crowd noise was too home at, too loud at home, which I that couldn't have been the loudest it was, you know. Well, and, and we should just probably go through the sequence to yes. kind of set the scene here. So Cousins hits Hawkinson for a first down on fourth and six, I believe it yeah, was. Fourth and five, and he gets nine. So, right? yeah, I mean, the crowd's going to react to that. It's a fourth down that saves the game. They're going to cheer. And then the Vikings are trying to decide. Well, it wasn't even really trying to decide. They seemed intent on running a play because nobody was in a clock it mode getting up to the line people were trying to get lined up while cousins is cupping his hands over his earpieces and his helmet trying to hear o'connell uh o'connell said afterwards that the headsets were malfunctioning and they were kind of going in and out so they couldn't hear either because the headsets are are getting squawky or scratchy and the crowd noise it they did not go out completely but by the time cousins made out the play call enough to uh determine what to do Basically, O'Connell said so much time had come off come off the clock that 
you might as well run a play. Cousins throws it in the end zone thinking, I'm putting it away enough from the linebacker that was covering TJ Hawkinson that either he's going to catch it or it's going to fall incomplete, and it's basically the same as clocking it. What happens instead? Hawkinson, ball goes off his hands, goes off another guy's helmet, I believe, and then, uh, or maybe another guy's hands, yeah, but twice. it gets intercepted by Kenneth, Moore, Kenneth Murray Jr., game over, Vikings don't get another shot at it and lose the game. So uh, O'Connell said afterwards the plan was to um, go fast. to not clock it, to go yeah. fast, and he said we have enough plays that allow you to go fast that it's basically this you're not spending any more time than you would be uh, by or you you're not spending more time than you would save by clocking it basically you're, well, it's not a net negative there it's just that by the time the headsets aren't in and you're not able to get things in quickly the question is can cousins override that and say just forget it let's clock it let's be yeah. done with it grand casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan the passion the hope, the anticipation, that incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino, let your story begin. Yeah, O'Connell said too much time did come off the clock, yeah. obviously, that if they could do it over again. But you know, if it runs smoothly, it's supposed to happen a lot faster than that. Yeah, and it's, um, but that's the thing, with, you know, when it doesn't run smoothly, it looks like you have no idea what you, it looks like yeah. disorganization. And, yeah. and that was the, you know, I asked Cousins about that afterwards, like, do you have the ability, like, when things are going haywire, where you can't hear it or just whatever, just to, to take control? And he said... I could do whatever I want, but last year at Buffalo, I called a sneak, and that didn't work out too well. You know? yeah. So, yeah. But it was totally different situations. Yeah, he talked about – he said something about it's, it's easy to go back afterwards when you don't know the future at the time and you don't know what the consequences are going to be. It's like this is not apples to apples here. The consequences of clocking it are you only have three more shots to put yeah. in the end zone, which is two more than you had in the scenario that happened anyway. And that's the thing. Like in that situation – O'Connor wants to go fast, get him off, you know, so they can't sub, get him, you know, maybe when they're not prepared or whatever. But in those situations, isn't it better just to clock it, take a breath? Because we know Cousins is not at his best when it's frantic. Just to have, because they had no timeouts, just to be able to breathe and say, okay, let's make sure we get the right play here instead of just let's go fast and catch him off guard. I, I thought it was also notable that they had had an amount of penalties on offense, including an illegal shift there at the end of the game. But they Down had the one down with Jefferson. Yeah, on they, the had previous one, drive. they had one false start. Um, it seemed because Schlope, it was an up-tempo setting where they were also trying to hurry up to the line and catch him after a third-down conversion, and Schloman didn't snap it on time and half the line moved, and it gets pinned on Ezra Cleveland. But the point being in that when you have a backup center, and that's another thing to take into consideration yeah. when the entire operation is getting hurried in that moment. Um, Kirk said basically that I have the freedom to do anything in that moment. You just deal with the consequences, right? Um, so Kirk could have theoretically clocked it there, but that's, uh, it doesn't seem like that's something they talk about very often or that's even in his head with how he reacted to the question. Yeah, O'Connell talked too about, he said that's probably me being a little too aggressive there. And the way they come off of that play, like we said, there, there is no indication that they're thinking clock it. I mean, because yeah. they're, they're sort of milling around as Cousins is waiting for the play call to come in. And it seems like option number one is let's run a play. And I suppose 
you're thinking if it goes off quick enough, then you're not really spending that much time to do it, kind of like we're talking about. But um, obviously it didn't go that way. And he had a clean pocket. I didn't think the throw was a bad throw. Um, There was, you know, Nick Neiman, the linebacker, got his arm in there a little bit, but Cousins kind of put it, basically what he said afterwards, pretty much put it where he wanted it. It's just you got to make the catch. I I think the the throw from a Cousins perspective on that drive, if you look at one and say it's – it's him making the mistake. It's the one to KJ Osborne yeah. on the first yeah. play of that drive after they get the stop on fourth down. Cousins has Osborne open for a touchdown. Uh, basically said afterwards, I, I put it too far outside, not far enough upfield in the end zone where he can run under and catch it. Um, yeah, just one of those things where a lot of little things an inch here or there cost them in a pretty big way today. But go back to the original point. I mean, you think about last year, they did so many things right in those situations yes. where, like, you just felt like they were going to come through. They were going to make the right play. Well, now, this year, you can tell how much that the throw to Osborne eating it because yep. like, he was mad yep. about that one. Like, yeah. it just makes a poor throw. He said, it's a bad throw. And so, he, that, that is the fine line. Like, you know, just because you did it in the past doesn't mean it's, you're going to be able to uh, duplicate it and, and repeat that the next year. And there's just so many things that go into it. And, you know, Evans doesn't get an interception there. Yep. I mean, yep. those last year they maybe make that play. Yep. This year they're not. Well, and it, I, the you mentioned the throw eating at Cousins. I was kind of – I think while Hawkinson was talking in the locker room, I kind of looked over – Cousins was in the corner of the locker room for quite a while. Just had his head buried in his hands. You could tell those couple throws at the end. I mean, I, I, he takes a lot of these losses hard, but this one, I think, especially seemed like it was uh, was eating at him for a while. Well, I think the Osborne one because um, that's probably the look they wanted. Yep, and it's a throw he he you know, you think he's going to typically going to hit. Um, the Hawkinson one was you know that was. Frantic and and they said the outcome. Both him and O'Connell said they don't think the outcome of that was caused by the in, indecision or the, yeah. you know, the chaos before. Yeah. Like if they had clocked it and still thrown it, you know that that could have happened. But um, they're just not making the winning plays when you have to make them. And, and it's not even just in the fourth quarter. Um, right. This offense is prolific. I think Kirk Cousins is going to finish this week leading the NFL in passing yards. Um, Jefferson tied Wes Welker's 2011 record for most yardage in the first three games. Um, this, they're able to move the ball yet. They're averaging 23 points per game. And I, and that's the biggest thing is they've got the, 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 um, obviously the turnovers and then third downs was talked about a lot today because they go four of 14. And it was interesting that Kevin O'Connell mentioned protection in those moments and said, you know, we're going to look still to get our best five out there linemen while Dalton Reisner is waiting in the wings. Yeah, I mean, too many times, you know, there was one sack he took. I think all five guys were around. I mean, he just just kind of like enveloped him. Um, Yeah, there's just too much pressure on him in those situations. And, you know, more turnovers. And there's my phone going off. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's – they, Headsets may not work in these booths, but at least it's selling the that's cell right. towers too. The, uh, the 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 offensive line still, um, yes, they ran the ball better. This uh, they were yep. committed to it clearly when you open the game with five straight runs, but um, pass protection still too often it just it just collapses around him. Mm-hmm. 
It does. And it came from all angles today. It came from Brian O'Neill's side, at Ingram's side, Ezra Cleveland's side. I felt like it was it wasn't just one necessarily uh, one gap that was out of control for Cousins today. And they've got Joey Bosa, they've got Khalil Mack, they do have some decent pass rushers. Um, but today was a day where they really needed to lean on the run, and they started with five straight runs for 31 yards yeah. with Alexander Madison, who uh, I thought it was interesting what his teammates had to say. Um, C.J. Ham afterward commended the personnel, said we've got a great room, talking that up. Kirk Cousins says afterwards that, you know, I felt like we had what we need to run the ball well, and we showed that today. All while Cam Akers, somebody who the front office traded for, did not play today and is not expected to make his Vikings debut till October 1st in uh, Carolina. Um, they felt like they were kind of making a point there with the running game today, and it was at least something that kept some of the drives grounded. Yeah, they were certainly better in that regard, certainly early. They had a couple late, including a second and one at the goal line where they get stuffed, and yeah. then they had one on the last drive where Madison loses a yard. And those things are going to happen from time to time. You don't want them in those moments. But, yes, overall, they were better running the ball. Uh, got Madison a few seams. He, I thought, did a nice job of you know, finishing forward, as he does. I mean, he was able to, to get some yards after contact in a few of those plays to extend yeah seven or eight into you know, 10 or 11, 12 on a couple of occasions. So it's certainly more of what they wanted to look like there. But I do wonder when the pass protection was the way it was again, how soon until we see Dalton Reisner in one of those spots? Because every indication we've had is that it's not, they're not sort of giving scholarships to anybody because of the fact that they played last year. I, and I certainly think if they feel like Dalton Reisner is better than one of those two guards, they won't be shy about uh, making that switch at some point. Yeah, Cousins took 13 hits today. Um, he's, I think, the most hit quarterback through three weeks, at least through the early games today, at 32 hits over three games. Which is even even higher pace than he was on last year. I think it was 84 in... 17 games last year so yeah almost 10 a game <laughs> certainly that's almost double yeah yeah and that's that's, uns- that's unsustainable it right certainly unsustainable well, yes as we saw in the documentary the the punishment he took last yeah. year and all it took for him just to get healthy and be able to it's not going to work that he's not going to hold up taking those kind of hits i mean as durable as he's been eventually those things are going to uh you know they're going to add up and it's going to be a problem for him getting on the field well, and it's, you know, you, you can't project too much of anything in this league, but I'm going to try anyway. Um, <laughs> if they win next week, they're one and three, then Patrick Mahomes comes in here in two weeks. Then you get the Bears on the road, which is, should be a win. So then you're, you're two and four, but then it's the 49ers coming in here, and then you go on a short week to Lambeau. Mm-hmm. So... Getting to that November stretch of the schedule where they should have some opportunities to win, it's hard to look at that, particularly when the last game before the trade deadline is their trip to Lambeau Field. If you're sitting there at two and five, two and six, I, I suppose it'd be eight games. So three and five, two and six, whatever it would happen to be. Um, it will be very, very interesting to see how the front office reacts to that. I don't yeah. know that they'd go into a sell mode completely, but um, 
if if you are looking at this is not going I mean, if you get into a situation where it's clear it's not going to happen and you start to think about moving forward at quarterback i don't know that they would trade cousins i mean everybody asked that question i'm i'm not sure that that would happen but do you start to think about are there any pieces that we would you know like Daniel hunter or somebody like that um, we're a long ways from any of that happening. I just It's getting to the point where a few more losses and you start to wonder how much are those conversations happening and how much does the organization say, okay, well, we, we need to pivot and kind of try to make the best of this thing. Yeah, I mean, um, each game you're showing them a little bit who you are. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the team dictates, you know, how the front office should look at this. And if it's you know if if, if it's not performing uh, like they thought it was, I mean, they're clearly turning over this roster you know uh, last off season, yeah. and, and there's no there's nothing that says they can't continue to do that if this team falls way out. I want to talk about personnel before we go here. A quick, how did you guys feel about Keenan Allen accumulating <laughs> 250 He's yards? Got another pass. Uh, both, yes, as a receiver catching 17 passes and throwing a 49-yard touchdown. Uh, it certainly seemed like they didn't have the guys to cover him. No, I mean, they they committed. I mean, they didn't run the ball much, probably partially with Austin Eckler out, but it seemed like their answer for the blitzes, and there were a lot of blitzes again today, was let's throw the quick pop passes. Quick. Quick game. Get rid of the ball quick. Play a lot of yeah. quick game. The one that they set up on the touchdown to Keenan Allen, it's behind the line of scrimmage, of course, but we saw a lot of that pass, and I think we saw that motion, that end-around kind of motion behind mm-hmm. the quarterback again later in the game. You know, they're trying to get basically corners to say, okay, it's another one of these quick passes. Let's go up and, and rally the ball and tackle them, and then he throws it over their heads for a touchdown. So, yeah, they, they hit the quick stuff, and they also, I think, had seven passes counting that one yeah. of 20 yards or more. It, so they kind of hit everything they wanted. Isn't it interesting? Against Philadelphia, they drop all those guys, and Philadelphia runs it 25 straight yeah. times down yeah. the field. Yeah. Yeah. This time they're bringing a lot of pressure, and, and, and Chargers say, you know what, we're just going to get rid of it quick and let our wide receivers block, let our wide receivers, you know, make some plays out there. So it's, it's – um, Flores is clearly trying a lot of different things. To see what will work. Yep. But I think we're finding that teams just have better personnel than the Vikings. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, everybody kind of said heading into the season, okay, we're not going to have terribly drastically different personnel, especially because they don't, they haven't spent high draft picks on defensive players. At least they they didn't do it this year with Jordan Addison in the first round. The bet was Brian Flores and the scheme could come in and make a big difference and. You start to see, I think, that there's a limit to what, you know, how far that can go. Because, I mean, I think we all, we've been around this thing long enough. Personnel is the trump card yep. in all this stuff. Players win games. Coaches certainly can help win games. But if you have superior talent uh, or inferior talent, that becomes really hard to, to work around.